So we're going to read here about slaves of righteousness in Romans, beginning with the 12th verse. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. And before I proceed on, I want to go back to Romans, I believe it's in the first verse. He says, uh, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. And now we come to verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because your human limitations just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now we come to our gospel reading for today, taken from the book of Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 40th verse. As I greeted every one of you this morning, what was the one word that I mentioned as I started with you? And hopefully I emphasized it quite a lot. Welcome. I came to your vehicle and said, welcome. Matthew 10, verse 40. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. This is the word of the Lord.
Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Oh, this weather doesn't get any better, does it? It's great. It's wonderful. Except if you're sitting in the car. I'm probably more comfortable today than you are for a change. You're sitting in the hot car there. And if you need to turn on your car and your air conditioner, please do so because you can definitely listen in on your FM radio. Talk about welcoming and how we should welcome other people. You know, this nation needs to go into a welcome mode instead of a hatred and driving mode. I kind of hate to say it, but I think here in South Dakota and North Dakota, upper Midwest, we're kind of sheltered in a way from the hatred that is surrounding so many people around the world, around the United States. If only we could welcome people and welcome them with love, with thanksgiving, with glory and honor. I'd like to welcome these people over here, but there's uh, nobody sitting over here this morning. I did bring the chairs out thinking maybe somebody would like to come over here and sit in the shade and outside here, but I'm here with all my friends, okay? (laughs) Just kidding. But we need to welcome everybody and anybody. Now he says, he who receives, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Jesus tells his disciples that he will reward those who receive them, thereby revealing a part of his plan for provisional ministry. There's actually a four-part lesson here. God initiated the partnership by sending Jesus. Jesus then sends his disciples. The disciples take the third step by going. Remember a few weeks ago I said, go! And then the fourth one is, those who welcome the disciples take the final step by providing support. Now I'm not sure if you noticed those 40 through 42, the hierarchy that's actually a place there in those script, in those short scripture readings for our gospel reading for today, look at the hierarchy that's there. You got the prophet, you got the disciple, and you got the little ones. The disciple is considered a righteous one. So prophet, righteous one, and the little ones. Who are the little ones? The little ones are, you know, we talk, they could be the slaves. They could be the children. Uh, the little ones who are learning about Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus talks about welcoming, welcoming, welcoming him. Welcoming the apostles. And in James, it says, uh, he tells the, James, you know, when they go out in the community, if they do not welcome them, what are they supposed to do? Dust off their sandals and and leave. Because, see, not everybody is welcoming. Not everybody is is as gracious and and glorious as we are. There are people out there who will not welcome a righteous person. There are people out there who will not welcome a prophet. There are people out there who will not even welcome a little one. You should always walk around with a smile on your face. <laughs> and I always have to chuckle. There are certain people, and I'm sure everybody here knows them, who whenever they're out walking around, 
They just have a stern look on their face, no smile. They don't smile. And then there's one guy that I delivered the paper to in the morning. He, he's pretty well stern face, but yesterday morning I said, Hey, good morning. I hope you're having a great day. And there was a trickle of a smile in there. That's what we should be doing, welcoming them and putting a little smile on their face. Sometimes you're going to have to go half crazy yourself to, to make them feel welcomed. Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Yes, I'm welcoming you. I'm welcoming you into my family, welcoming you in, into God's family. So we're going to talk about a prophet, Okay. Prophets were revered as spokespersons for God. Apostles would be of similar status, and this missionary discourse is addressed to the apostles. But who is a prophet today? Well, the term would be applied to anyone who is called by God to speak God's message. So, when you welcome a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. When you welcome a righteous person, you're going to receive a righteous reward. Now, think about this for a moment. You're a righteous person and you welcome somebody righteous, you get that award. But you see, it's not limited to that. A righteous person can welcome a prophet. And when that happens, they will receive then the prophet's reward. You have a little one. A little one doesn't have to just greet somebody in their own social status to be a little one. They can welcome a righteous person. The little one can welcome a prophet. And it says that they will receive that appropriate reward. The prophet's reward, the righteous reward. The little ones... Well, like I said, you know, they could be children, they could be the poor, they could be the slaves, could be anybody out there. And then notice at the very end of that gospel reading, perfect for a day like this, whoever offers a cup of cold water, oh, I could use one right now, couldn't we all? Whoever gives them a cup of cold water will not lose their reward. The smallest. You know, when you take today, when you offer somebody a cup of cold water, think about that. To them, that's like liquid gold. Oh, that is so great. That is, water is so essential. And when you offer somebody a cup of cold water on a hot day, it cures and it just makes the body so much more refreshed. You see, God rewards even the smallest contributions. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. There are actually two recorded in the Bible. I'm sure there's more than that, but they're mentioning two of them. Both of them that are referenced to one to Elijah and one to Elisha. The first is the story of the widow of Zarephath, who was expected to die of hunger. He was honored by Elijah's request for a morsel of bread after Elijah invoked God's promise that made her food supply not fail. Remember that? She, he said, just keep using it. It's not going to run empty. The oil and the, and the bread just kept on multiplying, just kept on multiplying. 
Later, when her son died, Elijah restored him to life. You can read that story in 1 Kings chapter 17. Her son had died. She welcomed the prophet and she, reward, she received a prophet's reward by the restoration of her son and by allowing her not to die of starvation. The second story is a Shumite couple providing food and a comfortable room for Elisha because he was a holy man of God. As a reward, Elisha promised the childless couple a child. The child was born, grew up, but then died. However, Elisha restored him to life. You can read that story in 2 Kings chapter 4. Welcome a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. How about a righteous person? Righteous, you welcome the disciples. The disciples were considered a righteous person. A righteous person could also be considered as someone who is a good Christian. Who is a good Christian? A good Christian is someone who believes in Jesus Christ. A good Christian is one who lives the life of Jesus each and every day. And there's no cost associated with anything that we do for God because money is irrelevant when it comes to God. When we receive our rewards, our rewards are going to be eternal, not limited to, to what we have here. Jesus assures us that we will be rewarded. The good Christian, the righteous person, Sometimes, and I've heard the term used throughout years, they will make reference to somebody, oh, they think they are so righteous. Again, we've got to be careful how we use that terminology. Because when I say that sentence, oh, they think they are so righteous, what does that make me? It makes me look like a judge, doesn't it? I'm judging them. No, I'm not a judge. I'm not to say, oh, they're so righteous. Oh, no, that's not me. They do what they think they should do. That's up to them. They have to be accountable to God, just like I'm going to have to be accountable to God, just like each one of you will have to be accountable to God. So, again, to be a good Christian, do not be a judge. Do not judge other people. Take care of yourself first. Don't worry about other people. And I know, like, you know, James, I love the book of James. I've mentioned it probably a thousand times already. You know, do not hang around with those who will do damage to your religious thinking, to your mental strength with God, to your Holy Spirit. Because what that will do is bring you down and down. And pretty soon you're way down here. You're down in the dirt. You feel horrible. James says, don't hang around. When you start hanging around people like that, that's what's going to happen. Guaranteed. He's saying, no, get up. Get away from them. Hang around positive people. Hang around people who are God-fearing. If you don't, 
You're going to be drugged down and you're going to be thrown underneath the vehicle and you're going to be driven over and you're going to feel horrible. And God does not want us to feel horrible. He wants us to feel great and wonderful. So welcome a prophet. Welcome a righteous person. Welcome a little one. Whoever it might be, welcome them into your heart, into your mind. And those other ones who are trying to bring, drag it down, do not welcome them into your life because they will bring you down. Let God deal with them. God will take care of them. You can take a horse to water, but can you make him drink? I know that several questions have been raised. Well, you know, should we give up on people? Should we allow, you know, we want them to come to church. We should keep after them. Well, it's like, it's like an alcoholic. You could tell them a million times that they're an alcoholic, but until they realize that they want to change, they will not change. No matter what you say and what you do. Something is going to have to happen to them that's going to drive the fear of God into their heart and suddenly they will change. And that's the way it is with people. People will have to do the same thing. If they want to come to church, I had somebody that come up to me and says, you know, I want to start coming to church. I need God in my life. And I thought that was great to hear. They hadn't been in church for a long time. And now all of a sudden they say, I need God in my life. What time is church? That's what you want to hear. And tell them the time and they show up. Now if they, they say that and they don't show up, well then you would have an obligation to say, all right, I'm going to make a phone call to see what happened. How come they didn't? Because they were excited about coming, suddenly they didn't show up. You can follow up in a situation like that. That's a good thing. And somebody says, well, you know, we, we, we went to bat for you. We tried all kinds of stuff, but they always seem to come up with an excuse. And people will do that. They'll come up with a million excuses to not come to church. Oh, that pastor is boring. Oh, that pastor doesn't read out of the scriptures. Oh, that pastor he drives me crazy. It kind of goes back to some of the words in the Bible. It says it perfectly clear in there. If they don't like what they're itching here, 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 they will go over here. The problem is they're going nowhere. And that's not good. But never give up. Never give up your hopes and dreams of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Next Sunday, it is the first Sunday of the month, we will partake in Holy Communion. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself like Abraham almost sacrificed his son. He was willing to do it. The Father sacrificed his son for us so that we can be saved. Now, we talk about negativity, and I do have to talk about this for a moment. And it's almost to the point where I think we need to turn off the TVs. As we were doing a little bit of a survey this morning, some of the comments, you know, we hear it in the news, you know, and it's going, you can't avoid it. The problem is, and the thing is, we're getting sucked into it. And I myself am included in that. Instead of being concerned about South Dakota, I'm hearing about what's going on in the United States. 
And so what I'm writing about South Dakota casts a negative concept because of what's going on in the nation. It's, and somebody brought that to my attention. I said, you're right. Need to worry about South Dakota. Turn, you know, and it's to the point where, you know, when they, maybe we just need to turn the news off. When it concerns us here in South Dakota, then we'll take care of it then. All I can say is for each one of us here, make sure you practice your social distancing. Make sure you wear a mask in public if you're able to. And uh, wash your hands. It's important that we continue to do that because the virus is still there. The devil is still planting his seed. He, you know, when we talk about fear, the fear of the virus, you know, one of the school, I think Bismarck, I see in the news, they're not sure what they're going to do, if they're even going to start school up again this fall in live person. You know, that's just up in North Dakota. We don't know. There's other schools are in the same boat. We're waiting and see to see what happens. My friends... Do not allow fear to overtake your life. Don't live in fear. Live in safety. Live in safety with God. And sometimes if you read looking in the news and you're seeing all this negative stuff, the best thing you can do... You know, the, the beauty about remotes is you don't have to walk over the TV anymore to turn it off. Remember them good old days when you had to do that? You got the remote sitting beside you. Just punch the button. I'm done. I want to listen to something good today and turn on something good. Find a good um, religious uh, channel that you might have on there and listen to that for a while. Listen to some positive news, some glorious news about Jesus Christ instead of doom and gloom that is going throughout the whole world today. This is not the end of times, and I'm not one to preach when the end is. I apologize for that because we don't know when the end is coming. That's absolutely true. But... For decades, for centuries, for eons, they've been saying the end is coming now. It said that even in the Bible. The end is coming now. When is the end going to be here? He said it was going to be here. It's not here. It wasn't there. It's not here today. We don't. It might be 2,000 more years. We don't know when the end is coming. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Take care of your faith. Make sure your faith is strong in Jesus Christ. Make sure you keep everything positive around you. When there's negative stuff around you, eliminate it. Get rid of it. Look to a prophet, look to a uh, righteous, a, a religious person, look to a little one. You know, all them ingredients can help build you a strong Christian value life. One that God will look upon you and say, well done, my child. Welcome. Welcome to the word of God. Welcome to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the love that is here. Can't you just feel the love here? We have so much love around us. I love it. You guys are awesome. I'm not sure what drove me over here to be here. I feel blessed to be with you guys over here at Buffalo Lake because you are so awesome. Your faith is so strong. Don't let go of it. Keep clinging on to it. Live each day to the fullest and love and welcome. When somebody comes to your house, welcome! When you greet somebody, well, it's kind of awkward to say welcome if you're in the middle of somewhere else, but you know, you can you say, hey, good morning! And I always say it with a smile on your face.
Be positive, folks. Turn off the news. It, enough is enough. Here's a better remedy. Right here. The Bible. It's full of good news. It's awesome. Sit down and read. You know, start in, in the New Testament. Start in Matthew. And just kind of read on through. Or go to the book of James. I keep preaching about James. I don't know why. I'm hooked on James. Read that. Read back in Genesis when God created us. In the beginning, there was nothing except God. He created the heavens and the earth and everything that is here. God is so awesome. God is so mighty. He created this here for us to learn so we can understand what God is about, about what his love is, what his love has done for us. God loves you. God loves me. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome to God's love. May the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, we will go ahead and gather the offering.